The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is Monday, and we got a big week for you here on Fantasy Football Today. We'll talk about some NFL draft prospects in the middle of the week. Today, though, we're focusing on bounce-back candidates. Jonathan Taylor went from RB1 in 2021 to RB16 per game last year. Uh, Justin Herbert went from QB3 to QB15. Aaron Rodgers, QB4 to QB21. These are some of the players on our bounce-back list. We'll also talk about the Baltimore Ravens signing Odell Beckham Jr., but first, hello to Heath and Jamie. What was the best part of your weekend, Heath Cummings? The highlight of your weekend? Oh, it was a good, good weekend. I guess probably the uh, the ribs and wings off the smoker yesterday. Was that just an Easter treat or just a typical Sunday? No, it was. I mean, it was a it was an Easter dinner. So yeah, you could call it an Easter treat. There was not. It's not like I have ribs and wings regularly for Easter, but I do regularly smoke for Easter. I guess. Okay. Jamie, the highlight of your weekend? Um, Friday night count? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, We had a great baseball game. Um, We have been struggling, losing a lot of one-run games to my my 10-year-old's team. And they finally, finally, finally put it all together. Won 15-0. It was a lot of fun. Oh, all right. All right. Good stuff. Well, it sounds like you guys had a good weekend. Uh, I hope everybody out there had an excellent holiday. And hope you're ready to talk about some bounce-back candidates and the Ravens passing game. Let me play a clip for you from one week ago. This was from one week ago today. I will keep your microphones on if you want to react throughout the clip. Here we go. You see he wants $15 million a year? I, or $15 million for a one-year deal. I don't well, I, I, I don't buy it. Like I don't I know that was the report. I'm not just buying it. There's he's not gonna get that. Come on. It's crazy. You don't buy that he's asking for that, yeah. or you don't buy that a team's going to give him that? Both. If Odell Beckham thinks he's getting a one year fifteen million dollar deal, then he's got problems. There you go. That was from last week. So. He, he does not have problems. <laughs> <laughs> he may have problems, but fifteen million dollar contract is not one of them. Eighteen could be eighteen. Could be eighteen. So sorry for that Azer take. Uh, who would you guys draft first, Bateman or Beckham? Neither. Um, <laughs> I would probably lean right now toward Bateman until I see Beckham doing things as part of the team, and then I'll probably switch to Beckham because I still think there's more upside with him. But 
neither one is somebody you should draft as a starter. I'll go with Beckham. Give me a round, Heath, for Beckham. 12-team league. Uh, I would be surprised. I mean, he's not going to be drafted in the first 12. I'm not going to draft him in the first seven or eight rounds. I think my initial projection had him around wide receiver 50. I could see getting excited and maybe bumping him up into that wide receiver 40 range at some point, but around eight or nine maybe. Okay. We have a graphic up here on YouTube. You can watch our shows, youtube.com slash fantasy football today with the Ravens 2023 projected wide receiver room. And that number on the right is the, I think the career receiving yards, not the projected receiving (laughs) yards. We don't have Beckham for 7,367 yards this year, but uh, you can see he's much more accomplished than the rest of the receiving room. Uh, Any impact at all on Mark Andrews? I don't think no. No. And Heath, you said on Twitter that, you know, this this for you is a good thing for Lamar Jackson because you think it's more likely he comes back, basically. Well, the fact that, you know, he had a couple Instagram posts with a, of a FaceTime with him and Odell yesterday. And then I think of the picture of um, was it Odell's son in a in a Ravens uniform. Yeah, it sounds like that Lamar was at least a part of the discussion with Beckham. Um, I, this makes me at the very least, I I won't even say that it makes me feel more likely he's getting a contract or that he's staying in Baltimore. I, I, this to me decreases the chances of a holdout that hurts his 2023 season. So I, I read a story, um, by Armando Salguero who covers the NFL for outkick that this is almost a sure thing that Lamar Jackson is coming back. And he's not reporting it as if this is from factual stuff from the Ravens. It's just a numbers thing. They don't have they have seven million dollars in salary cap space right now. And so that's why you're hearing agreed as opposed to signed. Mm-hmm. And according to what he is saying, if you're just connecting the dots, that they are going to sign Lamar Jackson because the third the 32 million dollars, if that's what he stays at, they will not be allowed to fit Odell Beckham at 15 million dollars under the cap. So what he is alluding to is that they'll be able to work out a deal with Jackson or I would assume move on from Jackson. But I agree with Heath. I think, you know, all the the, the social media stuff and, and what seems to be the case that they're going to sign Lamar Jackson. Now, that could be a one year deal. It could be a three year deal. It could be I mean, who knows, you know, but I, I would guess based on that. And he's, he's covered the league for a long time um, that they're going to have to sign Lamar Jackson and then be able to fit Lamar Jackson, fit Odell Beckham's contract underneath the cap. And, and I also think like there's a difference between saying that we're not getting excited about Odell Beckham in fantasy and Odell Beckham's still likely the best wide receiver that Lamar Jackson's going to have on the team or would have had on the team this year. So I think it can help Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, even if we're not excited about Beckham in Baltimore. Just well, keep in mind, I mean, he's a, he's a twice removed ACL recovery uh, wide receiver that's age 30. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it's tough to it's tough to say, oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna be that guy from the Giants. I mean, I think at best you're hoping for Pete Cleveland, and that's that's still even a lot to ask for. Pete Cleveland would have been 2019 when he had 74 catches, 1,035 yards, and four touchdowns in 16 games. He was the number 32 wide receiver per game in PPR. Of course, some bad touchdown luck there. Only four touchdowns on 133 targets. Uh, Maybe even what you got from the Rams, where he was pretty good in the postseason. He had 54 yards in a touchdown. He had 69 yards. He had 113 yards in the NFC Championship game. And then he had 52 yards in a touchdown in less than a half before tearing his ACL. Um, his overall numbers in the eight games with the Rams weren't weren't anything special, but the playoffs they were a lot better. Uh, I don't, you know, I guess I, I just look at like fifteen million dollars. It's a franchise that I think is is well run, right? I mean, this is not like some some crappy franchise giving him that. This is the Ravens. Well, not that they've been great with wide receivers, but they haven't paid fifteen million dollars a year to a wide receiver. I, this is a PR move for Lamar Jackson. Okay, I mean, that, that's, that's how you see it. it. All right. They have, like you've seen, like the Giants were a team that came into this offseason desperate to get help at wide receiver for Daniel Jones. And you see what they've come away with. Like it was an awful, awful free agent wide receiver market. The Ravens are desperately in need of a wide receiver. They've had a hard time attracting top level wide receivers to come play there. They had to overpay. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, to, to go back to your rant from a week ago, Beckham played this right. You know, he yes, he, did. he took advantage of, of the market. He took advantage of, you know, what seemingly was, uh, you know, strong workout 
Um, he did the, you know, rip and grin at the, at the owner's meetings. You know, we went around and, and saw some people there. And he had hype drummed up for him because he was expected to go meet with the Jets today. You know, so there was, there was a market goodness for also like the best news of this whole thing is that Baltimore didn't let him go to New York to meet with the Jets. Yeah, it's great for Garrett Wilson. I also think it's a good situation, to be honest, for DeAndre Hopkins, because I think the Ravens were probably in Hopkins market, too. You know, and yeah. And and if you, you know, look, the, the downside for the Ravens, if Lamar Jackson's there, is it's a volume situation, too, you know, from a Beckham perspective. They just don't throw the ball that much. I don't think they're going to change dramatically just because Greg Olson's gone and Todd Monken's there. Greg Roman, yeah. I'm Greg I, Roman. I do think I, I like Beckham more in Baltimore with Lamar and the competition he has there than I would have with, in New York with, with Rodgers. Agreed. Okay. Uh, just want to throw this number out there. In the last four years, that's a Lamar Jackson era, basically, uh, not including his rookie year. Uh, so 2000, yeah. Um, they had only one year in those four where Lamar Jackson threw the ball more than 30 times per year, and that was 2021. He threw the he ball threw it more than 30 times per year every year. <laughs> per, per game. Uh, he threw 34.4 passes per game in his 11, uh, not counting that partial game that year that we barely played, played like four passes. Um, in those 11 games, I mean, Mark Andrews was on pace for 91. Ta- 90, they, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown were both on pace for more than 90 catches more than 1,100 yards, and seven or more touchdowns. So um, let him throw. <laughs> I, I would say that if, like, he, I would expect he will have at worst his second highest attempts per game this season. All right. Well, hopefully he gets back to the Ravens, and we'll uh, have something to talk about. There's plenty to talk about in the world of fantasy baseball. Jamie and I lost a heartbreaker last night to Chris Towers in the first week of our Fantasy Baseball League. But uh, if you guys need some help, check out the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. It is outstanding. Hosted by Frank Stample. It's got Chris Towers on it. It's got Scott White. they got Prospects uh, with Chris Welsh. Um, so great show. Fantasy Baseball Today. Listen to that one. If you want some Dynasty content, how about the FFT Dynasty episodes hosted by our Heath Cummings Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, only on YouTube. The only way to watch it is youtube.com slash Today. You can catch that live Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern or anytime on demand. Just go to youtube.com slash Today. Click on the live tab. That was I'm clicking. You're watching. Uh, and you'll see all of our live shows archived there. Taking a look at the news and notes, other than the Beckham news, Cleveland beat writer Terry Pluto says that the Browns uh, were concerned that Kareem Hunt was losing a step, losing speed in 2022. So, uh, what, what's the question here with Kareem Hunt? I mean, is there a scenario where you're gonna, where if he signs somewhere, you're gonna get excited about Kareem Hunt, or are we more or less just sort of putting him in the Leonard Fournette group of, I, I guess I'll use the word washed up or past his prime. I think the only one for me that I could think of would be if Cincinnati moves on from Joe Mixon and it's Kareem Hunt and like a day three rookie. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think Hunt, Zeke, and Fournette are all three kind of in the same group. That there is, there could be the right spot, but most likely they're washed. <sighs> Up. Jets head coach Robert Sala said that Brees Hall looks fantastic. Uh, we're going to get we're going to have a, a medical episode at some point. We'll get some expert on, and um, we'll talk about the differences between Brees Hall and Javante Williams. We'll get some insight on that. But Robert We're not Sala, doctors. I, I mean. But I slept at a holiday. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've read a lot. Uh, you know, I've got expertise. Now, uh, Tennessee signed defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons to a four-year, $94 million extension. A criminal charge of aggravated menacing has been refiled against Joe Mixon, according to TMZ. So I guess he does have some legal issues to clear up. And the Chiefs sign Richie James. Anyone care about that? Two guys wearing Chiefs colored shirts today. Jamie and Heath. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mind it, you know, for depth. They need they need some you know, security there knowing the injury history for Kadarius Tony. So he played well last year with Daniel Jones. It's obviously a quarterback upgrade. So not a bad Deep league, late-round flyer. Okay. You've sat through enough non-bounce-back talk. Why don't we take a quick break? Why don't you sit through a break? And then when we come back, 
We'll talk about some bounce back candidates, including Justin Herbert, who, like I said earlier, went from the number three quarterback in fantasy to the number 15 quarterback in fantasy. We'll talk about him and many more right after this on Fantasy Football Today. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And welcome back. Here we go. Bounce back candidates. We have four quarterbacks. One from Heath, three from Jamie. The three from Jamie are Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. Heath, do you disagree with any of those? Um, no. I mean, I think they're all bounce back candidates. I I don't anticipate any of the three of them currently being top ten quarterbacks this year. But Watson would be the one who could obviously that I'd think would be most likely. Okay, Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Jamie, do you think any of them will be top 10 quarterbacks? And who's the most likely if, you know, if not? Well, I have Watson ranked ninth right now. So, yes, I do think he'll be a top 10 quarterback. Um, Rodgers, I think, has a little bit higher ceiling than Russell Wilson. Because if he's anything close to what he was two years ago, I mean, clearly that's uh, a superstar fantasy option. So... Um, Russ has a lot to prove. You know, I hope he's not washed or washed up, depending yep. on what you like to say. Up. Um, but there's, uh, there, there's clearly paths for all three of these guys, you know, Watson mostly just playing a full season and then Rogers, you know, refreshed out of the cave and Russell Wilson with a new coach. Yeah. So Rogers was QB three, uh, four, sorry, QB four per game in 2021. Wilson wasn't great in 2021, but he was great for, I think it was only four games before his in- injury. Then he came and he back was way great too soon. after the finger healed as well. Didn't he finish hot as well? Finished pretty well. I don't remember if it was, you know, great, but it was good. It was certainly good. He just had a few games right after the injury where he came back too soon and he stunk. Um, but what do you think for Watson, Wilson, and Rodgers? What's the highest you could see them finishing realistically? Watson, five, and then Rodgers and Wilson, 10 through 12. I'd say Watson, four, and Wilson, eight, Rodgers, 12. Okay. Jamie, convince me that Russell Wilson is not washed up. Uh, Sean Payton taking that job, knowing that he's tied to Russell Wilson for the next probably two to three years. So um, I don't think despite the big money <laughs> situation that he got, the big salary that he got, that's obviously a huge allure to come back and coach uh, for that franchise. But, you know, you're tying yourself to a quarterback at his age coming off the season that he just had. You know, if they are able to keep their receiving core intact by adding Tim Patrick and another year of Greg Dolchitz, it's still a very good group with a run game that might be suspect if Javante Williams isn't there. So good offensive line, great co- coach and play caller. Uh, very good weapons. I think Russell Wilson just hopefully can recreate some of his past abilities and bounce back to not the level that he was at in Seattle, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, pretty close to that. Why not though? Why not pretty the sweet. level? Why not the level he was at in Seattle? I just think age. He's certainly not going to run anymore, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you, you lose you lose that. Um, and look, he he just might be 
not the same guy. You know, you know, he he had uh, a lot of flexibility, a lot of freedom in Seattle, you know, to uh, sort of save the day in, in fourth quarter situations, a lot of comeback situations. That was sort of a specialty. And, you know, maybe he got away from that a little bit. Maybe it wasn't Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe it was the play calling. You know, we certainly see the we saw the offense look better when Nathaniel Hackett was gone. And so Sean Payton coming in might be able to to help him get back to that level. I just don't I, I wouldn't put that expectation out there, you know. So he's uh he's one of my favorite take a chance on a second quarterback type of guy because if he does bounce back, you'll be happy to have him on your team. This is a moment where I want to bring something up, but I'm nervous that Jamie already brought it up. Did you mention that they signed Mike McGlinchey? Well, I said the offensive line, but yeah, okay. McGlinchey's more of a run blocker than he is a pass blocker, but he's certainly an upgrade on the offensive line. For sure. Okay, that was a big offseason acquisition for the Denver Broncos at right tackle. Uh, Heath, why should I buy into an Aaron Rodgers bounce back when if he goes to the Jets, his offensive coordinator will be the same guy that was so bad for Russell Wilson last year, <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett? He is familiar with Nathaniel Hackett and has had success working with Nathaniel Hackett. Russell Wilson was a superstar quarterback going to work with someone he'd never worked with before, and so they had to make that work, and they couldn't. But I am not particularly optimistic about an Aaron Rodgers bounce back either. I I just I think it's more like I I could see it happening. I don't want to downsell like if it happens, how it could be. I just I. The longer this goes on and the more we hear about the last couple of years in Green Bay, I worry that it's just going to be a disaster. Why? 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 I just don't like because I I I think if it's easy to look in the rearview mirror and say so it was a 39-year-old quarterback who said he was 90% retired and couldn't get along with the team that he was on and he went to the Jets and we thought that was going to make everything better. <laughs> okay. Like yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, well, I, there's, you know, it's hard for him to not bounce back from QB 23. I think we can agree on that. But the question is, I mean, is he going to even be top 15? Uh, I, I guess, uh, what's better about the Jets this year than the Packers last year? Are they more talented? I mean, you got like a second year Garrett Wilson. That's good. Plus, you got Lazard. Um, but probably a better defense, um, maybe a run-oriented team. I don't know. Is the situation better, or is it just Rodgers is going to just be better because he's Aaron Rodgers, and we've seen this before from him. We saw him struggle a few years ago, and then he had back-to-back MVPs. And it was a change, right? It was a change in coach. It was yeah. a change in you know motivation, if you want to put that there, with you know the drafting of Jordan Love. I, I, just, I, I think, look, he's not going to be 16.3 points per game. He's probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 20. And so if, if, you, if you can buy into Garrett Wilson, I think we're all excited about him. You know, we're all taking him as a potential top 10 wide receiver somewhere in the first three rounds, depending on how you want to qualify it. And then it's a matter of what's around the, the, the group. And, and I think also, look, you have to take into account new play caller. But when it wasn't Zach Wilson, how much did they throw the ball last year for the Jets? Quite a bit. Oh, you yeah. know? And so if Rodgers has that opportunity, you know, which was kind of lacking – even in his MVP season, you know, he wasn't throwing the ball like you would expect an MVP-type quarterback to throw. He's just so efficient. He doesn't turn the ball over, and he has a lot of touchdowns. And so if he can get back to that touchdown range, you know, if he can be a 30-plus a touchdown guy, if he can be a 4,500-yard passer again, limit the interceptions, he's not going to be an MVP, but he certainly has the ability to be a starting fantasy quarterback. And so it's just a matter of what your expectations are. Again, shouldn't be drafting him as a high-end starter. You might not even want to draft him as a starter to begin with. I know Heath doesn't want to do that. I have him as a low-end starter. He's 12th for me, but he's in that group of Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones and Russell Wilson and, you know, some of these other guys there. And so it's just a matter of what your expectations are. So, you know, he's he's not someone you should feel extremely confident in, but I would confidently say he's going to perform better than he did a year ago. To what extent, we'll find out. Okay, let's talk about Justin Herbert then, Heath. He went from QB3 per game to QB15 per game, and he still threw the ball a ton. Uh, do you, well, what do you think the impact of Kellen Moore will be on Justin Herbert? I would expect, like, even if Kellen Moore wasn't there, you can look at it and just see Herbert as the free space, as the bounce back candidate, because he's not 35 or 39 years old. And he just a 20 guy who, as a 24 year old, saw a big drop in his touchdown rate and a big drop in his yards per attempt. So I would have just expected his numbers to bounce back regardless. But I, Listen, I, they did not let Herbert throw down the field very much. I think we'll see more of that. 
I think it, we will see his yards per attempt improve in a big way. His average uh, intended air yards will improve in a big way. I wouldn't be surprised if the completion percentage drops just a little bit, but um, I, I think he could be a more efficient Dak when Dak was at his best with Kellen Moore. We don't know how much last year of the Packers changing things up was Mike McCarthy, but I think a lot of it was. I expect more of what Dak was with Kellen Moore the two years before. Another thing for Herbert is he hurt, I'm sorry, was it his ribs early in the year? Yes. And then he stopped running. So he'll probably have close to double his rushing yards, um, roughly 175 last year to about 350. I don't don't remember exactly what it was. but No, it was 147 last year, which was half of what he had in 2021. He had 302 in 2021. I think 250 to 300 is fair. Okay, sorry. I think the thing you look at is it's not just his health. The offensive line got banged up again last year. You know, this Mm -hmm. this team just annually injuries, both sides of the ball, just, you know, um, obviously makes Chiefs fans happy, but, you know, it ruins what, you know, the excitement for what Chargers fans are and can be. But I think right now you just look at it, it it's almost um, the, the offseason has so far worked out very well. Upgraded offensive coordinator, keeping Keenan Allen, keeping Austin Eckler for now. I mean, if he has all of his weapons in place, and, and I know he said this on a previous show, uh, Josh Palmer as the third receiver is, you know, maybe in the conversation for, you know, not the best third receiver, but, you know, he's, he's not far down the list. You know, when you look at what his potential could be. Really? And so if Mike Williams can stay healthy, if Eckler can stay there, and Keenan Allen stays healthy, I mean, it's it's a pretty good group. And, and, you know, even to go back to last year, he lost Keenan Allen for half the season. Yeah. You know, and Mike Williams for a good portion of it, too. You know, so just having everybody on the field, I think, is a big plus for him. So, you know, this is going to be the guy, I think, by we, when we look back at the 2023, you know, uh, postmortem, and we say, why wasn't he once again a top three quarterback? You know, because he just has that much upside. Yeah, uh, I was pretty disappointed in Josh Palmer, actually, uh, because I thought he'd have a better year with all the opportunities he had with Allen out the first half of the year with with Williams out. In fact, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen played four games together in which neither of them left with an injury. That's all Justin Herbert had his top two weapons for, four games. Um, But I've, I've brought this up before. I think some people just don't believe in his weapons. They don't think Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer is a very good receiving core. Uh, yes. I, I don't know. Like, I could understand not thinking it's one of the best receiving cores, but I, I don't understand what the argument would be that Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer is not a very good receiving core. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it's speed. They're not a dynamic, explosive offense. I, I understand, but like Keenan Allen's a perennial... Like star wide receiver, Mike. Yeah. Mike, I, I don't understand. The hardest part for me with Herbert is, I guess, where to rank him. Because everybody likes him as a bounce back candidate, but you don't. Do you like him more than Justin Fields? I know Heath doesn't. I don't know Jamie. You Fields or Herbert? No, right behind Fields right now. But again, that's probably one that I'll look back on and say, why did I? Why did I fall for the shiny new toy again? Um, but I, I would take Herbert right now over Lamar Jackson. And not over. So it's so he's fifth. He's Sixth. He's sixth. Sixth. Okay. Because Burrow, then, you know, big three, then Burrow, then Fields, then Herbert. How about you, Heath? At six or seven, I, I struggle with him and Lamar. This this uh, Beckham thing might be enough to me have you put Lamar back over Herbert. I mean, the problem is I don't actually think, and it's kind of the same way with Joe Burrow. Like, I don't think the best season for Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow is as good as the best season right. for Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, or Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, or even Justin Fields. All right, let's go over to our running back bounce backs, all provided by Mr. Eisenberg. Jonathan Taylor, RB1 in 2021, RB16 per game in 2022. J.K. Dobbins really just couldn't couldn't quite get healthy, and it was so annoying the way he was used down the stretch. And then Damian Harris went from RB20 per game to RB51 per game. I was surprised to see Damian Harris on this list. Um, all right, give me your give me the rundown here. Taylor, Dobbins, Harris. Well, Taylor wants to fight Herbert and Heath's uh, free space rankings of the mm-hmm. top bounce back candidates because, <laughs> I mean, clearly if he stays healthy, there's plenty of upside. I mean, you can certainly see the downside too, you know, with an inexperienced quarterback, however, whatever route they're going to go unless they swing the, the big trade to get Lamar Jackson, which is, I, I think, still being rumored, but probably unlikely at this point. But uh, rookie quarterback, 
you know, um, new play caller. Uh, I do think the fact that it's Shane Steichen, you know, will help Jonathan Taylor hopefully in the passing game a little bit more if they go that route. But he's clearly going to be the focal point of the offense, understandably so. And if he's just healthy, I think that lends itself to him being in the top five conversation as a position. Okay. And where exactly do you have him? I struggle between him and, and Barkley uh, at, at the 3-4 the spot. Um, they're behind McCaffrey and behind Eckler, at least at this point. But top five. Heath, Barkley, or Taylor? Uh, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got Taylor one spot behind Barkley at fourth. Okay. J.K. Dobbins, Jamie. Well, I think it's, you know, almost the, the, the theory of, you know, two years removed from the ACL and, and other knee situation that he was dealing with, but, but the ACL tear and just hopefully being healthy. And I think that's just a, a big part of it. We saw flashes last year of him just looking amazing when he came back from the second procedure that he had and just hopefully being 100%. You know, I think this is his year to, I think, take a step forward. You know, we're, we're not going to see a big involvement in the passing game, which is clearly going to, you know, hold down his ceiling. But, um, I don't think Gus Edwards is going to be a, a, a guy that's going to ruin him completely. I don't think they're going to add to their backfield in, in a significant way. And I just think he's one of these guys that we quietly overlook, you know, just based on the the expectations of the – I'm going to throw him in the in the second-year guys, but Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall and, and those guys and where does Javante Williams go and the the older crew of Mixon and Dalvin Cook and Kamara. You know, we just don't really talk a lot about J.K. Dobbins, and I think he's going to have a – a pretty solid season for the draft value that you'll be able to get him at, especially if Lamar Jackson's there. So he went a few weeks ago in our draft. He went after Miles Sanders, after Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, and just before Cam Akers and Isaiah Pacheco. So it went Pierce, Sanders, Dobbins, Akers, Pacheco. Thoughts? The only one for me would be Sanders. Yeah, I'd rather have Sanders and Pierce, um, and I'd definitely rather have Dobbins over Akers. You, Jamie, you'd rather have Dobbins over Damian Pierce? No. Oh. Pierce, Dobbins, Sanders of the guys you like. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay. Pierce, Dobbins, Sanders, and Heath, I'm sorry. You did like Pierce. Did you also like Sanders out of Dobbins? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm higher on Sanders. Okay. Uh, and then Damian Harris. Interesting choice here for a bounce back. Well, I mean, clearly health is, is a part of this. He was very banged up last season. But I, I do think the change of scenery will hopefully help him. I mean, you know, I think if he's uh, anything close to what he was two years ago, going based on what Sean McDermott said about wanting a bigger back with speed and maybe not loving James Cook in that featured role, you know, I don't know if he's going to score 15 touchdowns again, but I think he's got a chance to, you know, maybe be the lead running back in Buffalo. And so just getting an opportunity here to, you know, compete with a guy that that may not be a first and second down type of rusher on an offense that I, I know hasn't exactly featured the running backs very much. But, you know, again, the, the conversation coming out of Arizona from the owners meetings was maybe Josh Allen runs a little bit less. Maybe he gets a few of those those goaling opportunities. Maybe that's what they were missing. You know, why Josh Allen was getting a lot of those rushing touchdowns was a more physical presence in the backfield over Devin Singletary, over, you know, uh, an injured an often injured Zach Moss and, and Damian Harris is that type of guy. Again, not someone you should invest heavily in, but not a bad third running back that could hopefully turn to a flex and maybe more if James Cook doesn't materialize into the, the player that we hope he can become. Yeah, it's interesting with Damian Harris because in 2021, he was the number 20 running back per game in PPR, but he was number 12 per game in non-PPR. And then in 2022, he only played four games before he got hurt. In those four games, he was the number 21 running back per game in PPR. Three touchdowns, yeah. Uh, number 17 in non PPR. So he's always going to need the touchdowns, but he's been a good, he's been a good running back. And by the way, he did that those first four games. He had 53 carries Ramondre Stevenson had 43 carries. So it's not like he was the only guy he split. He just, he was scoring the touchdowns and he was basically as productive as he was the year before in terms of PPR per game finish. Uh, then after the injury, he just, he couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't, he lost the job basically to Stevenson. Um, all right. So those are some running backs. Anything to add Heath on Taylor Dobbins or Damian Harris? I think Harris for me feels the most like the Rogers Wilson, not going to bounce all the way back to what he did, but is going to be better than he was last year. Perfect. Let's take another break here. We've got wide receivers and tight ends to talk about after this. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Looking at some bounce-back wide receiver candidates for 2023. All right, we got two from Heath, Deontay Johnson and DJ Moore. And two from Jamie, Gabe Davis and Cortland Sutton. Heath, you can start. Deontay Johnson, this was top 12 wide receiver per game in 2021. Wide receiver 50 per game in PPR in 2022, and even worse than that in the other formats. And then DJ Moore, who went from wide receiver, wide receiver 26 per game to wide receiver 35 per game. Go ahead. Yeah, I think with Deontay Johnson, like the easy and obvious thing is he's not going to score zero touchdowns again, especially considering his involvement in the red zone really didn't change last year. He just could not catch anything in the end zone. They could not make a connection. He's still graded out very well in terms of ability to get open. If you were just looking for a guy to get open on a route, Deontay Johnson still does that very well. I think we'll see improvement from Kenny Pickett. I still expect Johnson will lead this team in targets by a pretty good margin. He won't get all the way back up to the top 12 wide receiver, but I think he's got a chance to get into that top 25. I don't have him ranked quite that high, but I do have a think he has a chance to be a top 25 guy again. Who do you guys like better, Deontay Johnson or George Pickens? Uh, Deontay in PPR, Pickens in the other formats. I think Pickens will score more touchdowns. You know, not 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 even worrying about last year. I just think that that that's the type of player he'll be. He'll be more of a big play threat, and so maybe a better red zone option for for Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Um, but I think Deontay Johnson still leads them in targets and receptions. Yeah, I had Pickens ahead of Johnson, but I, my next rankings update that'll change. I'll I'll have Johnson ahead in, in full PPR for sure. I just I think maybe I projected a little bit too much of a leap in target earning for Pickens in my first run because Pickens has really never shown the ability to earn targets. Yeah, and he went Pickens went ahead of Deontay by a full round. Pickens was a mid round six pick in a three receiver PPR league. Deontay Johnson was a mid round seven pick. So we'll see. I I think a steal. Steal, yeah. Is he a steal there? Think- no, he's a stealer. You didn't hear me correctly. Oh, he's a steal. You said he was a steal, though, right? Yeah, no, he's a stealer. I, 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 I think. Again, I agree with Heath. I think he's going to bounce back. He's, he's certainly going to score probably in the neighborhood of five touchdowns. Would be my guess. And Pickett will be better. So, leading target guy, guy that's shown the ability to be a hundred catch guy. You know, I, I, will he ever get back to that level with with this, you know, inexperienced quarterback in this system, with some better competition around him? Probably not, but. I still like the opportunity for him to play better than the seventh round pick in PPR. Yeah. Pittsburgh, by the way, last in the NFL in touchdown passes with 12. They threw 12 touchdown passes last year. Okay. DJ Moore bouncing back to what exactly, Heath? Well, we lost Heath. So it's probably a bad one to talk about. All right. Gabe, <laughs> Gabe Davis, if, if things stay the way they are, let's see where Gabe Davis went. In this draft, and I'll, then I'll he went at the last pick of round eight, and I'm going to look at Fantasy Pros consensus. Um, I feel like Gabe Davis. Let me go to PPR before I make this stupid statement, like I did last week about Beckham and the contract. Gabe Davis, yes, he is wide receiver 44 in consensus rankings, behind Darnell Mooney, 
He will be my most rostered player. That's a early guess for me. Jamie, what's your Gabe Davis bounce back case? Yeah, I, I don't disagree. The, the, the thing is, it's like when I said this, I'm like, I don't know exactly what he's bouncing back to. <laughs> True. Because he's never really had a great fantasy season. It's more bouncing back maybe to the expectations. And I don't think he's going to get to that either. But as we talked about when we did this with uh, sleepers last week, that I think there's a much higher ceiling that he can get to. And he's shown you that ability at times. It's just a matter of can he do it over a full season. Now, we saw flashes, and again, we can discuss the reasons why. The ankle injury early in the season, then he started to build to something, and then Josh Allen had the shoulder problem or the elbow problem, excuse me, and the downfield throws just weren't there. So I think for me, it's just and, – and you probably have a, a similar feeling about this – you're attaching yourself to one of the best passers in the league. And he's still going to be on the field a lot. He's still going to be a primary option for them. Will he ever get the target share that we look for? No, but he was starting to get that, though, before that Jets game, which is what you'd like to see. You know, somewhere in the neighborhood of six-plus targets. If he can do that on a consistent basis, he could be an absolute monster. And so that's the hope. And so it's not, again, bouncing back to anything that he's ever done consistently. It's certainly not bouncing back to that playoff performance we saw in 2021 because that's unrealistic. But I do think that there is a much higher ceiling for him to get to. And it's more just, uh, I guess, probably putting him in the post-type sleeper category as opposed to the bounce-back category. So I apologize if he's labeled incorrectly. I, I, I guess I don't get to do my thing where I was going to make fun of you guys for talking about Gabe Davis as a bounce-back candidate when he just set a career high in receptions, yards, tied his career high in touchdowns, and set a career high in fantasy points and fantasy points per game. But yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you, you managed to every, do it. You I agree with everything it. else you guys said about Gabe Davis. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that the, the Josh Allen elbow injury is really what stands out to me. He, he threw in the first nine, uh, first, uh, weeks one through nine, I think it was eight games. He threw 13 passes of 35 or more air yards. Five of them went to Gabe Davis weeks, 10 through 18. He threw eight of them, only two to Gabe Davis. And I think Davis was really hurt by that. That's, he's not going to be a big target share guy. He's going to be inconsistent, but hopefully I, I think what we saw from him after the Allen elbow injury. Oh, you know what? It was supposed to be weeks 10 through 17 because Josh Allen said he started to feel better in week 18, and I think that's an even more convincing stat. Uh, sorry. So anyway, um, once week 18 rolled around and Allen started to feel better, we saw more. Yeah, he only threw four. That's right. He threw four pass attempts of uh, 35 or more air yards from weeks 10 through 17. He threw four alone in week 18. Yeah, and then so and then Davis had like ten targets in that game or something. So I do think, I think the also, injury was a factor. One, one thing that and and this is you you can't you can't say this because we just don't know, but he missed I believe it was the biggest game where Josh Allen was throwing the ball down the field, which was Week Two against Tennessee when Stephon Diggs went absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember he came back. He he wasn't healthy, and then in, in Week Five against Pittsburgh, three catches, one hundred seventy one yards, two touchdowns. I, I can't make any case that he's not going to be an inconsistent kind of up and down guy, but. I think more ups than downs. Heath, if he's going in round nine, are you going to have a lot of Gabe Davis? 100%. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Yeah, baby. V- I don't think there's anything that, yeah, we should be no less excited about him than we were last year. Maybe more so. What what category? He's categoryless. Is he a sleeper? No, he remains Maybe, a breakout. If he's going in that range, he's a sleeper. <laughs> he's, no, he remains a breakout. He's never broken out. He's still he's, he's still just what twenty five years old twenty four years old. Don't forget the TM though, buddy, because I don't think this is the guy who's winning you leagues. He's winning you weeks. He could win you leagues. <laughs> okay. If Can he we, does what people were talking about him doing last year, he'll win you leagues. Ooh, contract year, very nice. Uh, Heath, uh, DJ Moore is bouncing back to what? Uh, top twenty ish wide receiver, unless Justin Fields makes uh, TM the leap. That Josh Allen, <laughs> Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts made, and then he's a top ten wide receiver again. Um, but like he obviously the Baker Mayfield connection was awful for him and a disaster. But he's still a very good wide receiver. He won't have to play with Baker Mayfield this year, and they they value him like a number one wide receiver. Like they can't stop talking well good about him. So I expect a ton of targets. And Sutton, we don't, we talk so much about Jerry Judy, Jamie. Uh, I cannot say Jerry, Judy, Jamie again. That was a mistake. <laughs> Cortland Sutton, though. What do you think about Sutton? And let me tell you where he went in the draft. And also he went just before Gabe Davis, about five picks before Gabe Davis in the middle of round eight. And in the consensus rankings, Cortland Sutton PPR is wide receiver 35. That would be a, a in between Traylon Burks and George Pickens. What do you think? 
I mean, we, we've, we've seen the ceiling, you know, pre-ACL and, and certainly pre-Russell Wilson where he was a thousand-yard guy in his second year and then has struggled with, you know, injuries and quarterback play over the last, you know, three years. But I like the addition of Sean Payton. I, I think that we'll see a better Russell Wilson. He's still, I think, the better downfield threat of this receiving core. You know, it's a matter of, you know, how much will he lose with Tim Patrick back and, you know, maybe a better Jerry Judy. But I think Corlin Sutton is going to end up being a great value pick and somebody that can not exceed his best – season because I don't know if that's realistic with this group that he has around him but certainly somebody that can be you know closer to where he was a year ago based on expectations you know I know you were very excited about him obviously but no that um, was someone else <laughs> Adam Schmazer <laughs> um, I, I think there's just uh, a, a lot to like about Cortland Sutton based on where he's going okay and would you take him or Gabe Davis I think it would depend on my roster build I think if I'm looking for ceiling it's obviously Gabe Davis I'm looking for a better floor player it's Cortland Sutton uh, how about the two guys I mentioned? Traylon Burks, George Pickens, Gabe Davis. Oh, sorry, Cortland Sutton. Traylon Burks, George Pickens, Cortland Sutton. Who, who do you I'd like? I'd probably take the younger guys just with the upside. I am, yes. All of the names that you have mentioned ahead of Cortland Sutton. Okay. Tight ends. Look at these names. Bounce backs. Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and Darren Waller. Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller. All right, I'm just going to ask a somewhat obnoxious Mark Andrews question. Good, good, people, good. <laughs> if you look at his career, uh-huh. there is an obvious outlier. It's 2021, 1,361 yards, nine touchdowns. That's his only season with more than 852 yards. He does have a 10-touchdown season in there as well, but why should I believe that he is capable of, of say, 1,100 yards, which would be in between his breakout year and his second best year? Well, we just talked about how... He, um, we expect the Ravens to have the second most pass attempts per game in Lamar Jackson era. Also, he had 847 yards last year and 14 and a half games when he played half of those games with a backup quarterback. So that's not a very big bridge at all from 847 yards in 14 and a half games to 1100 yards in 17 games. He was on pace for 960 yards in the 17 games. He left one game early with an injury. Um, he really was bad after the injury. I mean, how much are you going to count that? I don't know if it was the injury or if it was the quarterbacks, but after he came back, I mean, his last seven games, he was on, he was just horrible. He's on pace for zero touchdowns, 872 yards. Well, you say he, he left one game to, early during the injury. Like he only played 10 snaps in that game, but the game before, I think he actually got hurt. He played almost the whole game hurt and only saw two targets in the entire game. And I think it was the only game that he played all year that he did not have a catch, but he played in. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think that is part of the bounce back, but more it's just, I don't think that the offense or the situation is going to be as bad in the second half of the season. When- is it, is it fair to, and, and I, I by no means think that he's better off with anybody, but Lamar Jackson currently in the, in the scheme of what the Ravens are looking at. But didn't his best stretch of production on a per-game basis come with Tyler Huntley at the end of 2021? Yeah, I Maybe believe that is. Yes. I, I mean, I don't know yes. how long of a stretch we want to talk about. There was He was awesome during that stretch. I think it was almost entirely volume-based and not efficiency-based. Um, I think Tyler Huntley, that first time he became a starter, just threw it 12 times a game to Mark Andrews. But yes, that was the best stretch of his career. I'll give you the numbers. Uh, 2021, he was the number one tight end in fantasy. He played 11 games with Lamar Jackson. His 17-game pace was only 136 targets. Uh, 87 catches. This is his pace with Lamar Jackson. 87 catches, 1,141 yards, eight touchdowns on 136 targets. Uh, without Lamar Jackson, he was on pace for 184 targets. <laughs> so that's nearly 50 more. 145, but I think he was probably still more efficient. 145 catches, 1,765 yards, 11 touchdowns. That was his pace. Um, he had a 29.4% target share. But let's just go to, because that was sort of answered at the beginning of this 2022 season when people were like, well, Heath was saying like, remember when Lamar Jackson was the problem for Mark Andrews, LOL. Cause in the first seven games, 
He was fantastic. Lamar Jack, or uh, sorry, Mark or Andrews. Six. I have seven. I included the zero catch game. But even if you include that game, because I don't know that he got hurt in that game. I think we'd have to look into that. 95 catches, 1,105 yards, 12 touchdowns on 143 targets with a 31.4% target share before his injury, before the game that he left with an injury. So I, I think that notion was kind of dispelled. He's, ne- he's never going to be as good as he was in those games with Tyler Huntley, but he still was so good. And that was with Lamar Jackson like being good, but not 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 like he was throwing a ton, you know. So I don't know. Um, I, I think the big question with Andrews is, is he a second-round pick or a third-round pick? What do you guys think? I don't know if that's based on the player. I think it's based on how you want to build your team. So I would say it's a third-round pick. I've got him at the end of round two, but I'm I'm the early tight end guy. I'd like to take Kelsey or Andrews. You don't think he'll make it to the fourth round typically, do you? Certainly not in analyst leagues. You might see it, you know, with all the quarterbacks that get pushed up in, you know, most other leagues. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a few of those he crept into round four. Ten team leagues for sure. He's a round two pick in the consensus rankings. He's the number 20 overall player in the Fantasy Pros PPR consensus rankings. Mark Andrews is ahead of A.J. Brown, Brees Hall, Amandra St. Brown, and more. And many more. Probably a little early even for Heath. Um, I've got him 20th. Never mind. Well, then you kind of lied because you said you had him at the end of round two. So I don't think that's the end. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What's the, what's the end? I think pick 22 is the end of round four. The beginning of the end of. Well, it depends. Are you splitting it up in half? Are you splitting it up in no, thirds? No, there's a beginning. There's quarter? a middle. There's a beginning, a middle, and end. Obviously, the beginning is the first three picks. The end is no, the, the last first three, three picks, picks. Are basically the first round. No, they're the beginning. No, of the that's, second that's basically round. the first round. It's no difference between the tenth, eleventh, or twelfth pick and the first, second. Well, there's a beginning, a middle, and the end. You got to go by. Force. No, I don't think you have to go by force. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> the beginning is three, the end is three, the middle this, is six. This exact <laughs> argument is why I say that you're now middle-aged. <laughs> why is that? Because you're in the middle of your life. Which is bigger than the beginning and the end. Are you turning 40 this year? No, 39. We'll do a big, we'll do a big to-do for my 40th, sure. Uh, Kyle Pitts is another bounce oh, back. This time. <laughs> but, but even still, if, if you were expected to live until 90... Once you're past 30, you're in middle-aged. Uh, yeah. Well, sure. Actually, by my definition, once you're past, I think, 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyle Pitts is a bounce back. Yeah, he's, he was bad. He was bad last year. This is, this is Heath's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go on. Uh, yeah, I think he's just not going to be as awful as he was last year. Um, he can bounce back. Maybe. I think he was also a breakout candidate for me. Um, so I'm just cheating all the way around. But I would expect that the yardage is going to be much closer to what it was his rookie year. The catches will be closer to what it was his rookie year. And the touchdowns will be a career high, which means he'll have at least three. Yeah. <laughs> Fantasy football stresses me out a lot. Do I want a lot of Kyle Pitts or do I want none of Kyle Pitts? I could I could be in either camp. I could see compelling arguments for both sides. Right? I mean, the compelling argument on for him is that he's Kyle Pitts. He, we know he's he's great. He had over a thousand yards, over eleven hundred yards as a rookie. That's a record. And the the downside is he's on Atlanta. They're going to run a lot. They might have a bad quarterback. And Drake London, we like Drake London too. How are they going to have two good pass catchers? So. If you had well, to choose one side of that, I want a lot of Kyle Pitts or I want none of Kyle Pitts. What side are you closer to? It's entirely dependent on cost. Um, I've had I want none of Kyle Pitts for two years in a row because it's cost me a third round pick to get him. If it costs a fifth or a sixth round pick now, especially sixth, then yeah, I, I want a fair share, maybe even a little extra. And I do think there's a way that a pass offense can be low volume and still produce two good pass catchers. And the way that is, is if they throw 25 to 30% of their passes to each of those two guys and, and 50 to 60% of their passes to two guys. We've seen the Chiefs do that with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill <laughs> in the past. Um, oh, the Ravens saw, are the best example, right? The Ravens. We yeah. saw the Vikings do it with Thielen and, and Diggs 
when they were more run heavy. Like it's possible. It's just that nobody else deserve gets any targets. And as the team's currently constructed, nobody else deserves to get any targets. <laughs> it's, it's a good point. Uh, Jamie, Darren Waller, a bounce back for you on a per game basis. He actually was, I think this might surprise people. He was the number seven tight end on a per game basis, but overall he was number 31 and he only played nine games and really only eight games. One game he barely played. Um, okay. What do you expect from Darren Waller this year with the giants uh, other than uh, at least an NFC championship run? <laughs> um, I mean, he's going to the best quarterback he's ever played with. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think, again, a lot of it is health-related, you know, just basically staying on the field. But I, I think he's, you know, going from a situation a year ago where he was not going to be the, the leader in targets to a team where he might be the leader in targets right now. I'd be surprised probably if he's not the leader in targets, you know. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the situation for him. You know, I, I think this is going to be, you know, it, as Heath said, you know, the Giants were one of these teams that we looked at and said they're trying to get a wide receiver. And I'm not sure they're done. I think they could still draft somebody. But you know, Wanda Robinson's coming off an ACL tear. You know, they bring back Darius Slayton, you know, Isaiah Hodgins. It's just not a very um, exciting, explosive group, aside from what he might be, you know, still be able to do. You know, so I think he's uh, he, he's he's an easy guy to look at and say he's got top five potential once again. We have a comment in the YouTube chat from 100% Pure Mustard, and he says, hmm. Waller is trash. Yeah, well, mustard is trash. Mustard is trash. I agree. I like mustard a lot. Mustard's great. <laughs> mustard sucks, but... Mustard sucks. Uh, mustard sucks. Uh, well, what do you put on hot dogs? Ketchup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. It's... I'm glad that you had me send that link that you had me send yesterday, just so I had it handy for today. Oh, I had it. Yeah, we had a great. Um, my family, uh, my cousins' group group text. We had a, a terrific night of group texting. It started with. One of my cousins, they had a, an argument in their house. Who's a bigger actor, Paul Reiser or Kevin Klein? I don't know why they were arguing this, but they were. So we got involved. I put, I put it on Twitter. Kevin Klein was the clear winner. And then it got into hot, do- hot dogs and hamburgers being sandwiches. And what bothers me is as, as I checked this morning, I did put Twitter polls on both of those, 53% of the respondents said that a hamburger is a sandwich. But 19% of the respondents said that a hot dog was a sandwich. These were two different polls, but you got to figure some overlap in the voters. That doesn't make any sense. First of all, neither of them are sandwiches. And if you want to say that a burger is, then you have to say that a hot dog is too. And, And there cannot be the technicality that a hot dog is like closed off. It's not two pieces. because That's stupid. So I think that's hypocrisy at its, at its highest level. That's all. That's all I have to say. But yes, they all wanted to see the bad Azer takes thread, Heath. So thank you for entertaining my cousins with that. Well, I just updated it with your <laughs> latest take. And so that's, I hadn't had, I realized it's been almost four months since the last update. Mustard so. sucks. Is that it? Mustard sucks. So what do you have on your hot dog? Ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> what do you not like about ketchup? Um, I like ketchup fine. It's delicious. What do you not like about mustard? Spicy. Yeah. spicy. I don't like spicy stuff. Spicy mustard is the best mustard. My, wait, all mustard's too spicy for you? Not, no. It's just I don't li- I don't want it because all mustard is spicy. So I don't need anything spicy. What? All mustard is spicy. Is that not true? Is there, other than honey <laughs> mustard, is there non-spicy mustard? Plain mustard is not spicy. Yes, it is spicy. It <laughs> is. such a baby. It is spi- it's not that it's too spicy and I can't tolerate it. So you get just... A hundred percent pure mustard, or just yellow mustard? <laughs> That's spicy to you? Yeah, not yes, but it's not to the point where I'm like, I need some milk. This is too spicy. But yes, it is spicy, and I don't want anything, even a little bit spicy, on my food. I don't like anything. You sound spicy. like my five year old. That anything that has like a taste to it, he goes, "This is spicy." Yes, uh, he and I would get along very well. He, I, bet, I bet he loves ketchup. Um, he does. He does like ketchup. Yes. Yeah, but he also uh, likes mustard because he's human. Yeah, <laughs> honey mustard. Does a honey honey mustard count? Do you like honey mustard? I love honey it's not mustard. Spicy. Exactly, it's great. That's the way mustard should be. Oh boy! All right, uh, we're out of here. We'll talk to you later this week with some NFL draft prep. That should be really interesting. We got to start getting into that. And of course, check out the Dynasty Show tomorrow or Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. That's the only place you can find it. If you miss it live, that's okay. YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. 
Uh, thanks for voting, by the way. That's done. Appreciate that. For Jamie and Heath and Thomas, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you later on at 15. New CBS Monday. Federal agents. Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. About to set it up. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violent Island, we got here. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.